Welcome, everyone, to episode 17 of the Making Waves Mindset Show. On today's episode, Dave and I interview Neil Oliver as he shares his journey from the world of marketing into the entrepreneurial space. It's a great episode. It's a discussion about mindset and perseverance. It's something all of you can take a lesson from. Listen as we make waves into episode 17. This looks good, guys. All right. Well, there we go. Okay, everyone. It is episode 17. Welcome to the Making Waves Mindset Show. An exciting show today. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. We have our... uh, our fourth guest, I believe. Is there fourth? Fourth? Maybe fifth. Fourth I don't know. We're losing track guest, of time. Yeah, one or the other. But uh, live from, uh, where are we? Where are we? Toronto. I'm in Toronto. You're in. <laughs> live Neil, from, I think you're in Vaughn. Live from live Vaughn. From Vaughn. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Live from Vaughn. We have Neil straight from Vaughn. Well, Neil, yeah. welcome. Welcome to our show. Thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us and thanks for spending some time with us today. And uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Yeah, Neil, let us let us know your story, the journey. Um, you come from an incredible background, and uh, we'd love to hear the start, you know, where you came from, the story, what changes took place, and where you are today. Yeah, so my story, I, it's kind of been all over the map, to be honest with you. I, uh, I did what everyone else does. I went through university with the aim at building a career and uh, and getting benefits, which of course is the goal for most people when they fall into a career. Uh, but my parents, they went through a similar but different journey than what I'm currently on. So my mom was always very much goal-oriented towards entrepreneurship. She was working her way you know, through school, through her degrees, with the intent that eventually they wanted to own a restaurant. Um, along the way, they fell into a couple of catering companies. Uh, so they did fall into that entrepreneurial side. However, on my dad's side, he was a truck driver. And, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, my dad was very much about teaching me that I had to work to feed my family when I was older. And I think that's the mentality and the habits that we all learn when we're kids, right? Is that if you're not working, how are your kids going to get fed when you have a family? Um, And you've got to have benefits because if you don't have benefits, how are you going to pay for the dentist? How are you going to pay for, you know, whatever else, braces, for example, because I know my parents went through that with me. I had braces and they were struggling to make ends meet at the time. Um, But my mom pulled my dad out of that mentality. So it's kind of interesting. She was the one that laid the foundation. He ended up following along, left his job, loved the freedom that being an entrepreneur provided him. And uh, from there, they did open up their restaurant, in which case I started to manage at the end of my my university days. Uh, And to be honest with you, I loved the freedom. However, the freedom was very, uh, the freedom to go and come as I wanted was great. However, the freedom of time was not so great because in a restaurant, you're working, you know, 15 hours a day and you're always on call and something happens, you're the one they call and you have to come and solve the problem. So when we sold the restaurant, I actually went back to the uh, the real world, uh, so to speak, and started working for an engineering company. That engineering company led me to go back to school because I realized that my ceiling was capped. Um, There's only so much I could do in that engineering company. So I went back to school for computer programming uh, where I met my wife. My wife is very entrepreneurial. 
Um, that was her mindset from day one. We clashed a lot because that was not my mindset. Again, remember my dad was in my ear letting me know that I needed to be able to provide for my family. So I then started working for uh, the Ontario Minor Hockey Association. I did a lot of their online stuff. I moved to a really cool uh, niche sort of online marketing agency in Toronto, and I loved what I was doing. But while I was doing it, I was doing a lot of commuting, right? So two hours down, two hours back. Uh, I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with my firstborn, who at that time, you know, I was leaving at six in the morning, getting back at seven o'clock at night. She was in bed both cases, so I was barely seeing my daughter. That was a real problem for me, but um, that was sort of the springboard that my wife used to kind of get me into the frame of mind around becoming an entrepreneur ourselves or myself, but then herself as well. Uh, so basically the way it played out was we need to do something more than what we're doing because, you know, paycheck to paycheck, putting away a little bit each month is not enough to be able to retire on. So we need to find another way to make our money work for us. And uh, I think the first thing we looked at was investing in real estate. And we went to look at a few properties, but we were very green at the time. And uh, we just couldn't see ourselves as landlords. That's the truth. I mean, I couldn't see myself letting people live in some of the squalor that they were living in. It would get too expensive to try to replace or repair. And then we'd, we wouldn't make any money anyway, because we would be doing it from a, a position of wanting to help these people out. That led us to rent home. And she brought us to this concept of rent to own, which is we're able to help families. Um, we bring investors and, and people who need a home together. Uh, that's Clover Properties. That's what we, we ended up calling our business. And I started to do this business part-time while I worked full-time. And to be honest with you, it was insane. You know, I would work all day. I would come home. I would go out and I'd meet people at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. I wouldn't get home until 9.30, 10 o'clock. And at the time, I was driving pretty much anywhere somebody needed our help. So it could be Keswick, wow. it could be London, it could be Ottawa, it really didn't matter. We were finding a way to make that work. But it, it was very taxing. As much as working full-time was taxing on our life, so we're trying to work part-time in our own business. So the universe intervened. And I actually got laid off from my business or my, uh, my career because the business I was in, the agency I was in, had made a few missteps along the way, and they had too much salary and not enough income. So they started to lay people off. That was the impetus for us to move full time into Clover Properties. Um, so that was about 11 years ago. Wow. And to be honest with you, it was scary as hell. Not going to lie to you. No paycheck. You're having to fight for everything. It was a real nightmare for me. My wife was no problem with it. She's like, what? I'm just going to keep working. We'll keep the household going with my job. You get the business up and running. And I just didn't feel like I could. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, how do I do this? I have no idea. Um, you know, again, growing up in a pessimistic family, my dad anyway, where it was all about, you know, this will never work and that will never work. And you've got to go with what's tr tried and tested, basically. It was a challenge, but it was something that uh, I probably needed to go through. And, uh, you know, a year later, we had completed four or five deals. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it was, it was an enormous amount of deals considering the amount of work we had to put in to get processes in place and get documents together and get ourselves sort of organized to be able to help people. And, uh, yeah, and that's that's where we're, we're at now. It's now been 11 years of, of working in our own business. My wife left her business um, working for another person, another company about six, seven years ago. And we've been sustaining ourselves ever since. And we're now helping instead of five or six families a year, we're helping almost 75 to 80 families a year. 
and we're growing. So we're now bringing people on board to work with us to help more families. So yeah, it's an interesting journey. Um, You know, it's definitely scary, but uh, you know, the the one hook is the benefits, right? This is what Mm -hmm. most people get caught up in. They, They can't leave the benefits, but the reality is if you're looking after yourself in the first place, you don't need the benefits. That's right. Right. Like going to the dentist should be as simple as cleaning your teeth every year. And you know, you shouldn't have any other issues, but the people who are worried are usually the people who, you know, maybe in their own mind know that they're not looking after themselves and these benefits are going to be very important to them and maybe very costly. But uh, I know that I talk to a lot of people, a lot of investors who, who are in the same boat, they're working, they're trying to invest, they're trying to get ahead. um, And benefits usually comes up as the one thing that they don't want to lose. And it's amazing for such a small thing, you know, they're, they're giving up time freedom. I love the story, Neil, because it, it starts with your family, the desire to have more freedom and the perseverance. Like you've you've accomplished all those hills, those battles, and you kept going no matter what, because you could see the light at the end of the tunnel and you didn't let those small things like a pension, like the benefits hold you back from your true self, your ability to to make this work for your family. You know, yeah. pension. Let's not even talk about pension. <laughs> Who can live off of $1,500 a month? Like it's not even, that doesn't even buy gas anymore for your cars, right? So I personally am glad that I took the steps I did. Uh, Again, the universe had to intervene. I'm going to be perfectly honest. The universe stepped in at the time I needed it to step in. It gave me the push I needed. Uh, My wife was pushing very, very hard, uh, but I still was resistant towards that move because of her insistence it needed to be the universe that jumped in and said you know get out there you need there's more for you than just whatever you're doing and I think that for me anyway one of the main takeaways from all of this is that you've got to love what you do that's the bottom line and if you're working in a job you don't love and it's simply because you've got to have benefits or uh, consistent whatever $1,800 every two weeks I mean, the reality is, you know, that's what's going to cause people to get sick. That's what's the stress, right? The, the, the lack of happiness in your life. These are all the things that cause people to go downhill as they age. And uh, we all see it with our friends, with family, even with, uh, you know, people we meet. There are like, a lot of people always talk about how they hate where they are but they're afraid to take a step into something different because they don't know if they're going to be happier. Right. But the reality is, if you hate something, a step forward into something new can only lead to happiness. Or at least more happiness. How about that? What are some of the things that you feared other than that paycheck coming in when when you were left with that decision of being laid off and left with the decision of I have to make this work? Other than worrying about that paycheck, what was the things that you feared? So failure. Obviously, Um, you know, I I think for me, it was one of those situations where I felt I was pretty multifaceted when I was growing up. I had a couple of university degrees at at my back. I had, you know, now I had computer knowledge. I was fairly techie. The way I looked at myself was, you know, hey, at 35, 36, 37, I'm indispensable, right? No one can replace me. If I'm in a position... I can't be replaced. And then when you are replaced and it's not because of your performance, it's because of their performance. It makes you look at things very differently. So it wasn't a matter. And, and, you know, the way I looked at it was I failed, you know, how the, how the hell did this happen to me? Right. Like, but it wasn't me at all. And that was probably what I had to get through. Most importantly was I had to get through the fact that it wasn't me that failed. 
And it did take it, like I said, it took a year for me to get past the fact that, oh my God, am I doing this right? Am I going to set my family back even further when we moved into our own business? Am I going to fail at this? And, you know, the, the problem with that, though, is that I was worried about how I would be judged. And the reality is I shouldn't give a crap, right? The reality mm -hmm. is nobody yeah. is looking at me. Nobody yeah. cares. They're so busy and so wrapped up in their own life that it doesn't matter if I fail. I, it's what I take from my failure that helps me move forward. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that I didn't fail, um, but it was definitely something in the back of my mind the entire time. The paycheck, the paycheck was easily forgotten once I had been laid off. Obviously, now there's no more paycheck. It doesn't matter. I've got a small window of time where I, I have unemployment um, mm -hmm. and a severance. I'm going to have to work off of that. And by the time all of that had kind of expired, I was already starting to get pieces put together that allowed me to build my business. So, yeah, the fear would be failure for sure, being judged. You know, the paycheck was sort of secondary to all of that. And um, what I would, you know, from, from my perspective today, advice would be that those things aren't important. You know, it's, it's your happiness level, you know, because happiness leads to health and, you know, going home and stressing about the fact that I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And, and you got to remember, mm -hmm. I enjoyed my job. Like I really did like what I was mm -hmm. doing, but it was still the commute. And that commute was tiresome and getting up at five o'clock in the morning to be on a train for six o'clock, to be downtown for seven, to walk across the city for eight it All was tiresome and yeah. it was, it, it drained you. And there were many mm -hmm. nights I'd go to bed and I'd be like, Oh my God, like I got to do that again tomorrow. It's and snowing. Even I got, yeah. <laughs> and even when I got there, I enjoyed it. It was still one of those things where it was like, Oh, I got to get back on a train and do this whole right. journey. Home. <laughs> yeah. And driving was never an option because you can't park in Toronto. It, mm. it gets far too expensive and gas, et cetera, et cetera. So right. yeah, there was a lot of things that I think, played on my mind, but the biggest things that I was afraid of was failure and judgment. During the time, if you think back to those times, holistically, what helped you through those, those specific fears? Cause nice. you, you know, were, were you using a mentor? Were you reading some self-help books? Like what, what got you through that? Yeah. Can I say my wife beat it out of me? <laughs> sure, she, sure. she tried, sure. she tried, but you know what? She was actually instrumental because and at the beginning, I'm going to, you know, the, the truth is once all of this happens, you don't end up in a position where you want to share, mm -hmm. right? So I wasn't sharing how I was feeling with her. And that was really important. That's an important step that if somebody goes through what I went through with the layoff or they're taking those steps, you got to be in a position where you're willing to share. Because again, two minds is always better than one. And I didn't share in the beginning. And I kind of went through about a depression in the very beginning because I was in a very new world. Mm -hmm. And I was home alone. And, you know, I, I didn't just really know where to go next. Mm -hmm. But once I shared with her the feelings that I was having and, you know, what, what kind of what was my, my I guess, barrier, mm -hmm. she introduced me to, and she's a very positive person. Um, she's always been that way. And I've always been the opposite. And she actually refers to me as Mr. No. <laughs> and it's not because my initials are <laughs> no, it's because I say no to everything. Um, but I think what's really important is that she introduced me to the concept of, of changing my, my mindset, basically. And I started to listen mm -hmm. to Bob Proctor. And okay. I would get okay. into the car. And to be honest with you, I was, there was a bit of a test for me, too, because I would listen to everything that he did in the car while I was driving from here to there. And the test was always, you know, get into your car and imagine you're in the car you really want. 
right? Mm. And the smell it, the feel of it. And so I'm always like, my whole thing was, I'm going to test this. I'm going to see if mm-hmm. I'm going to make this happen. And the reality is I never made it happen. And it's not because it didn't work for me. It's because I made a choice not to make it happen. I was actually given the choice rather than not having a choice, right? So Mm -hmm. I think when you're working for someone else, you're kind of limited by the amount of money you can make, which then limits what you can purchase. But when you're an entrepreneur, there's a lot more um, opportunity to make more money and then to get to a position where you have choice. Mm -hmm. And what what I learned from that was I can change my mindset. I can imagine the car I want. But then I started to feel that it wasn't the right car. You know what I mean? Like you just get to a certain point where you're like, yeah, I can continue to believe that this is a car I want, but I really don't care if I have that car or not. So I'm not going to buy into the whole idea of wanting that car. And I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but it leads back to the whole idea of mindset. Mm-hmm. And you know, I personally believe that if you throw something out into the universe and you put some power behind it, and that means you know passion, action kind of thing, the universe will always deliver, right? Mm-hmm. Your doors are out there. You just got to be led to the right door to open it. And mm-hmm. the fear of people is they're afraid to open the door. And right. I was afraid to open those doors at the time. I'm sure opportunity was there for the entire time I was working, leave the work world. But I was too afraid to open a door. Now, now I see things very differently. Um, I love the time freedom that being an entrepreneur provides. I love the fact that I have choice. You know, um, I can choose to buy this or choose not to buy this. I can choose that or choose, that. you know, it's it's such a different world than when you're sitting there counting pennies when you're having your first child because, well, every dollar matters. And can we really afford that new TV, right? Like, is that going to impact putting diapers on our kid? That was, that's kind of the mindset that most new parents have when they're working for somebody else, in my opinion. That was our, our mm-hmm. idea anyway. We had to always think about the choice and what it was going to or how it was going to impact our family. And now we don't really have that issue, right? We're more about the time freedom. How do we spend our time so that we're happier every day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I love, Neil, was the powerful message in here is you kept referring to your mindset. Your mindset is what's going to give you the direction. It's going to provide that security. And you also were lucky enough to have a partner who wanted to support you and had the same values as you. Because, you know, Dave and I, on on some of our other recordings, we have people who partners, they don't, you know, align with that. But the mindset was tremendously important in having a partner in your life who who was believing in what you were doing. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I I don't think people understand the power, right? Yeah. Like it's one thing for you to believe in the universe and and to believe in the things that you want and the things that they will be, or the belief that it will be delivered to you if you're passionate about those things. It's a whole other thing when there's two people putting it out there to the universe with the same amount of passion, the same amount of energy. And there's going to be a lot of people in our lives that will always tell us that we're crazy you know, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you know, yep. But if you look at where they are versus where you are, you know, the proof is kind of in the pudding, right? You know, there's somebody sitting at their job and they hate their job and they're telling you that they hate your job and you introduce the idea of mindset to them, change your mindset, change your energy. And they laugh at that and say, mm-hmm. it's crazy. That doesn't work. You know, it's really simple to compare where, where each person is in their life and not even from a, a um a thing perspective, right? We're not talking about what do you have. We're talking about how do you feel? 
Mm -hmm. I think is really what it comes down to. And when you have a good mindset and a mindset that is driving you towards better things, then your health, your happiness, your energy, you know, the way you are received by people, like it's really, really powerful, you know, and there's a lot of things you can do to test this. It's pretty cool. One day I was told that if I go into a supermarket and, you know, I, I know typically when I would go into a supermarket I stuff and I would always have my arms crossed when I was at the cashier mm-hmm. and somebody told me to open my arms, mm-hmm. open the energy and see what happens. And not the woman in front of me actually started to engage with me about something I had purchased and that had never happened before. And I was kind of like, wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But even to a more, uh, I guess, current situation, my youngest daughter is having problems with a girl at school. It's not a bully situation, but it's a a situation where there's a little bit of nitpicking going, going on. And my daughter is not a very abrasive child. So she ends up on the bottom end of this most of the time. And what we told her is we told her to wake up in the morning positive, wake up with high energy, come downstairs, like, good morning. Hey, what's going on? Rather than good morning. I want to go back to bed. And the last three days that she has done that, this girl is no longer focusing on her. It's changed the way they they're dynamic altogether. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, people will say we're crazy because we feel that this is actually how things work. But the reality is it's there. It's there in Mm -hmm. front of us. We see it all the time. It's it's quite amazing to see how energy alone can change uh, the dynamic in a situation. Yeah. Good energy out, good energy in, right? Exactly. What yeah. what you put out is what you attract. Exactly. Yeah. 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 As uh, one of our other guests said is uh, about... Um, your vibe you know, is your tribe. Vibe, yeah. I was just going to say that. Your, your vibe, vibe is, is your tribe. Your tribe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great little motto. Absolutely. So, so what's, what's your next steps? What's, where are you in business? Where are you in, in the entrepreneurial world? What, do, what, do, where do you see yourself in, you know, five, 10 years from now? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, where we are now, we're at a point where our business is scaling. Uh, so we've gone from two people, my wife and I to a third. Um, and then we've just added two more part-time. So we're up to five. We're, we're increasing the volume of business that we're doing, which is amazing, which means we get to help more people. And again, I believe that the whole, what you put out is what you get back. So our goal is the more people we can help, the better our energy coming back will be. And Mm -hmm. I often say this too, it's not about the money, you know, sure. We have to put food on the, on the table for our kids, but it's not about the money. It's about the health. And I feel that the more positive energy we put out there to help other people, the more we get back and it allows us to stay healthy. And there's an entire story that I'm sure you'll get into with Rachel uh, about her situation in the past. And I'm not going to dive into that because that's her, her journey. But uh, yeah, I think, I think the goal would be to within a year to two possibly, or the plan is to maybe move somewhere South and uh, start working towards retirement. You know, we, we've got some really good pieces in place in our business, some very reliable, amazing people. And, um, you know, it's a matter of what it becomes is a matter of time for me to just sort of to give up some of those reins. Um, right. But we are still investing. I mean, more rent owns because, again, as much as we do rent owns, we also very much value investing in them. Um, but we're also looking at some three and four plexes that we're looking as well as multi units beyond that. So it's definitely, uh, it's an exciting time, you mm-hmm. know, even with the real, real estate market doing what it's doing and mm-hmm. seeing the price explode, the way they're exploding, there's oh, yeah. no better time to buy. 
than now because we don't know how much more expensive it'll be in a year. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to put pieces in place so that we can uh, start looking towards retirement. Very good. That's yeah. awesome, Neil. What what advice here as we as we wrap up could you give our listeners in closing? Those who are thinking of wanting to leave or struggling in that transition, is there any quick snippet that you could give to those wanting to move on to the entrepreneurial space? They want to leave the pension and the golden handcuffs behind. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a great question, and I, I'm not sure there's just one piece of advice, unfortunately, that you can give. Uh, True. Again, for me, the failure, right? Fear of failure. And the reality is, I think when we start to understand that failure is what allows us to take the step forward, right, that happens in our mind, we're able to do almost anything. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me was that I was afraid to take a step because I didn't know where that step would lead me. Once I took the step, failure was no longer a thing, right? I was now moving towards the goal I wanted to achieve. And yeah. uh, whether I failed or not after that, it was just more of a learning curve than it would have been a failure. But it's failure in my mind when I didn't take the step. Absolutely. So for me, it's not about pension. It was never about benefits. It was just about how do I take that step? You know, it's kind of like leaping off a, a, a bridge with a parachute and hoping to God the parachute opens. <laughs> but most people who aren't afraid of that just jump. That's right. 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 And They'll figure it on the way down. Here. Yeah. Well, because they know, they know that parachute's going to open. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, in fact, in my mind, I talked myself out first. I was like, yeah, you know, I can't do this. There's no possible way I can go from taking direction from somebody to creating direction for myself. Yeah. And the reality is it's not as hard as we think. I love Just love it. what you do. That's the other bit of advice. Whatever you right. take the step towards, make sure it's something you love. Great That's advice. awesome. Yeah, great advice, Neil. And uh, on behalf of Dave and I, thank you for coming. You know, short, quick, uh, sweet segment. Where can our listeners find you if they wanted to to reach out to you? If there's an email or a social media handle or website, uh, where's the best place they can reach you and connect? Yeah, they can email me at neil, N-E-I-L, at rethinkrenting.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Well, that's Neil Oliver. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Always incredible to have somebody with so much experience and wisdom uh, because these are some very realistic positions that people are in. Uh, They're, they're fearful, they're unsure, and life just has its ways of making things come together. And I think that's an incredible lesson. It's the right mindset that truly brings you onto your next journey, your next chapter in life. Perfect. Couldn't agree more. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, guys. And that concludes episode 17. Thank you for joining Dave and I alongside our wonderful guest, Neil Oliver. Today, we appreciate him taking time to speak with all of you. We also would like you to connect with us. Please let us know your comment and feedback. You can reach us at www.makingwavesmindset.com. You can also connect with Dave at Dave A. Moskowitz on Instagram. Yours truly at Richard DiBiase on Instagram and TikTok. And of course, if you find value, hit the share button, follow, subscribe, do your part. We appreciate you joining our story and journey today. Until episode 18, remember, continue to make waves, dream bigger, and take action in life.